everyone, this is Matthew Cross from TSN 1050, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I'm one half your host, Justin Williams. And you know, I never ride alone because of my abandonment issues. Ladies and gentlemen, I have with me the man, the myth, the legend, the one that knows all about NFTs. And if you haven't yet, go to our website, prosportspodcasters.com. Sign up for that newsletter. This man drops some hot takes every newsletter that we send out and how to make money off NFTs. Currently, he's rocking so rare and he is crushing it. Ladies and gentlemen, please let me welcome the man, the awesome dude, my friend, Colbert Durand. Kobe, how you doing? I'm good, Justin. I'm good. How are you doing, buddy? I'm outstanding in more ways than one. Um, some good things happened for the TV show that I can't discuss on air right now because legally I haven't signed the NDA yet. So, I mean, I mean, I guess I could because I haven't signed the NDA, but we'll get to that later. I have a comedy competition tonight up in Richmond Hill. If I win that, then I get signed to the club. I have a lot going on, but that's nothing compared to what our guest is the host of Footy First. He works for TSN. I've heard him with Matt Cause and everyone knows since we're a fan of the show, we had Matt Cause on here. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only Nick McVicker. Nick, how you doing? I'm good. I really appreciate that intro, Justin. I mean, uh, I do a lot, but it sounds so much better coming out of your mouth. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) It was an honor to meet you over at the uh, Canada-Honduras game. You were so easy to approach. I'm like, oh my God, I know that voice. It's the (laughs) Nick. Yeah, I mean, it was a great time meeting you guys, and that match was phenomenal from a Canada soccer perspective. So I'm glad we got to uh, catch up there and glad we get to do this now. I'm so glad to have you on, mate. Speaking of football, continuing on with that, CPL. It's starting soon. We have Atletico versus the Wanderers on the 15th, along with Forge and Cavalry. What are you, and also Pacific and Vancouver FC as well. Uh, what, is, what is your take for this CPL season? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? This looks like it's going to be a very, very competitive season. A lot of the teams have done a great job uh, retooling that we're at the bottom. I can use York as a great example. They, they may have lost one of their best defenders in Dom Zator, but they brought in Jonathan Grant from the uh, championship side of Forge. They've also kind of retooled their midfield, and I got an opportunity to spend a day with them as part of Footy First, and that midfield looks dangerous, something that we've never heard from a York United uh, breakdown before. Another team that I'm really excited to see how they uh, fan out this year is the Halifax Wanderers. I mean, this is a team that has struggled since the very beginning of the Canadian Premier League and have continued to struggle because they just do a good job of making youth players or giving youth players a, a chance to play but there's not a whole lot of structure. They bring in a new coach. This is going to be a very interesting look at to see how they kind of form together. And then, I mean, obviously you get a new team like Vancouver FC. I'm excited to see how they play. There's a lot to be positive for going into this season. And I'm, and at the top, you got your, you got your reigning champs forged three times out of four have already won the championship in the CPL. You got to love watching them play. So I'm really, really excited for this season. So when it comes to Forge, I'm always a little bitter because I'm like, oh, it's another Hamilton team. And it's going to be like the Thai Cats, and they're going to have their ego, and blah, 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 blah. 
<clears throat> yes. <laughs> Facts, 100%. Now, I go to York University, so I'm kind of privy to go into the York uh, York United Games, which formerly known as York 9, for those who didn't know that they changed their name last year, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, so with a, with a new team coming in, that being Vancouver FC, how is MLS responding to that, considering that there is now Vancouver FC and the Vancouver Whitecaps? MLS hasn't really had to make a response because the the CPL and MLS so far have had a pretty good understanding of what they are. Um, a couple of players have been loaned from MLS squads to CPL squads for the season to get to get some work in guys who probably wouldn't have started in the MLS or wouldn't have even made the bench on most of the games. They're getting opportunities, and these are young Canadians. So for now, it doesn't seem like the MLS has to really respond to a team being in Vancouver. I mean, there was already a team on Vancouver Island, so it's not like it was that far away. So the, the fact that there's a team now actually in the Vancouver area, I don't think really messes with the MLS. It just gives them maybe even a closer companion to lone players to the Whitecaps. Ah, so you're seeing it as more of a benefit as opposed to a detriment. Yeah, and we've kind of we've kind of seen it already with uh, some of the MLS squads taking advantage of this. We're looking at guys like Sean Rea, who's been loaned out for the past two seasons. He's now playing for the uh, CF Montreal and starting. For that squad, uh, Jonathan Sirwa is their backup keeper. He was loaned to Valor for a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. These are just great examples of how the Canadian Premier League is a launching point for a lot of young Canadian talents careers that probably wouldn't have got an opportunity if we were having this conversation five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I and a lot of players in the league were coming up. You're exactly correct. Now, there was a bit of a downside for that. That was part of the fall of FC Edmonton because most of their players were loans. And then after everything happened, they couldn't sign everybody. And then, as you know, it kind of all – and management too. So we lost FC Edmonton. <laughs> so we were going to have yeah. nine teams and now we only have eight again. Yeah, that was actually – not because of they had a bunch of guys that were on loan. It was more of the fact that the ownership didn't want to – put in as much money as they had initially said. There's a lot to go into about that. And I don't want to, I don't want to bore your audience with that, but it was more of a ownership issue than a management and player contract issue because they weren't willing to do what was initially talked about. And five years in, it finally came to a head. And unfortunately, yes, we aren't going to get all nine teams that we were hoping to have for this season, but it's still, there's still eight teams. There's still the same number of opportunities for young Canadians uh, to try to make it as a career. And that's really what this league is for. And hopefully we can keep growing. There's obviously talks about the team eventually in Saskatchewan. Where in Saskatchewan, that remains to be seen. Potentially some growth into Quebec as well as uh, Ontario as well. There's lots of opportunities. And hopefully, hopefully, I've said this many times on Footy First, I really do hope we can get back to Edmonton, hopefully with new ownership that wants to continue the, the tradition of soccer in the, in the area. I agree. I will touch on that Saskatchewan point in just two minutes. We have some insider information for you, but I'm going to pass it over to Ooh. Kobe real quick. Yeah, before we get to that, let's, let's let's look at the CPL a little more here. And first of which is which teams are doing it right? Which teams are making money? Yeah, it's for the most part, most of them are still trying to make money. Um, it is still a, a fairly young league. We're only five years in, right? This mm-hmm. is sorry, this being the fifth season. So in the first five years. You're looking at teams that maybe have made money. Or are, I like Forge, a uh, three-time champion. They've drawn incredibly well, considering they play in one of the bigger stadiums in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being them, Valor uh, as well, playing out of a CFL stadium. Cavalry has done also a very good job. They've created a culture in Calgary of people just showing up to games and supporting the club. If you saw their jersey reveal this year, uh, it was at a pub, and it was 
packed. I do not know how those players got from one side of the bar to the other to show off the jerseys, but they managed to get every possible person they could into this little bar to do their jersey reveal, which is great. Like that just shows how important these clubs have become to their to their respective cities. The other team that's probably done a great job is Halifax. They're, they're, the support there is incredible. If you talk about people going to the Wanderers ground, they'll tell you it is, a, it is an experience. And while I don't know if these teams are necessarily making money just yet, there's definitely positive signs. We're seeing giant companies connecting with the league yeah. that have started to create a, a, a buzz, not just in Canadian soccer circles, but even some down south in the, in the U.S., I've heard players coming back from the U.S. saying, yeah, there's there's talk about the CPL. It's not comparable to the USL just yet, but in my opinion, the skill level is. Okay. But when you're looking at players trying to get an opportunity, a lot of them will still look to the USL just because it has the direct line with uh, the MLS for the most part. Okay, so something a little closer to, to you. And when talking about footy first, how long has the show been in existence? So we just got through our first year. Uh, 53rd episode was this past weekend, um, which is an incredible accomplishment for myself and York United keeper, ironically, Nico Giantsopoulos. The way it all came to be was uh, I, I worked at TSN for about six months and I realized that the soccer coverage was not where I wanted it to be as someone who loves the sport and grew up with the sport. So I said, hey, can I pitch you guys a show, a uh, soccer show where we talk about Canadian soccer? We talk to CPL. We talk to three MLS clubs in Canada. And we talk about the national programs and where what's going on with them. They gave us opportunity. And sure enough, after about a month of uh, a couple dry runs and a couple trials, uh, sure enough, we got the show off the ground. And it's been it's been fantastic to see it grow. Uh, as, as I mentioned, one year in, we're... We're doing really well with uh, our social media following. We now have a deal with TFC to give away tickets uh, for most of the home games, which is great. So uh, we're, we're, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, my next question was to be what your goal was, but obviously that's to grow the awareness and the game here in Canada. But the timing also interests me because, of course, the next World Cup is being shared by Canada, U.S., and Mexico. How important is it for you to expand your horizons as that approaches? It's incredibly important. Um, I think, as you mentioned, our, our, our goal off the top was we wanted to grow the awareness of the game and make it accessible to those who maybe prior didn't think soccer was an accessible sport. Because to some people, the idea of soccer is great and, and the game itself is accessible, but the actual nuances and understanding the player movement and understanding the intricacies of the game isn't always that accessible. So... Our goal, me and Nico had talked about it from the very beginning, was to create that accessibility for Canadian soccer and to showcase the talent that is out there uh, in the CPL and otherwise. So, so far, I think we've done a fantastic job at allowing players and coaches, and, and we even had the uh, the CPL commissioner, both of them, on at separate times uh, in our in our time frame because there's been two since we started. We've really enjoyed working alongside the Canadian Premier League. We've had multiple MLS players on as well. Our goal is just to grow the awareness of the sport ahead of that 2026 World Cup. Really, we wanted to do it ahead of the 2022 World Cup. And when we started, Canada hadn't yet or had just qualified okay. for the 2022 World Cup. But we were planning on doing it before they had qualified because we just wanted to raise awareness. And then with Canada going in, we're like, okay, now's a great opportunity to raise it even more so that people can get excited for the World Cup. And we saw that 
across the country, people were ecstatic to watch the game. And, and I know it wasn't just because of us, but like I want to say that we may have had a little bit of a hand in that, and, and that's kind of our goal. Well, yeah, it served as a great catalyst for the launching of your show for sure. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. And you know, I love what you guys do when it comes to that. Uh, when it comes to the Saskatchewan thing, as I was telling you about, so we had a guest on who they work a lot with Saskatchewan. They're in Saskatchewan. They work a lot when it comes to sports. And they were saying that the stadium has already been announced of where they're going to be. So that is pretty cool. Yeah. It's uh, Prairie Land Park, I believe. Yeah. So Prairie Land Park was originally announced when the team was, or when the ownership group was given the rights to a team. Okay. And that was always the plan of where they were going to put it. It was just putting a actual stadium plan in place. And I know that they're actually, I believe it's coming up later this month. There's a final debate or governmental meeting that is going to take place where they're going to decide whether or not the plan makes financial sense for the uh, the province and the, and the city to take part in and agree to. So we're waiting on that. And then if that all goes through, there's a chance that we could see a Saskatchewan team in within two years, which would be incredible considering we've been waiting for almost two years now. Exactly. And I, I hope to God it happens because I would love to go down and watch one of those games. I feel like it'd be a good time. Absolutely. watching. Yeah. Ugh. Saskatchewan gets slept on for sports, but like, yo, Connor Bernard, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, if you want to even compare it to the CFL, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans are very well known in CFL circles. And that's just because they're passionate. And I think if you can give people the opportunity to be passionate about the game of soccer, like, why not? Right. So I was actually, I spent a, a summer in Saskatchewan for the most part, and I got to go to a not during the summer, but I got to go to a, uh, a Saskatchewan game earlier this year, a Rough Riders, I believe it was sometime in, I don't even know, early, <laughs> early this year, whenever, whenever I went. And it was crazy. Like I was telling Kobe, like I went like, you go to the Argos and it's pretty, pretty tame in comparison, Yep. but it's insane over there. Even the Regina Pats are insane. And yeah. I like, and I think it comes down to is that like in the GTA, at least we're very, we have so many options of sports. Mm-hmm. So we, we cheer them on all a little bit. Those fans in Saskatchewan, they have the Rough Riders, they have the Pats in Regina, and, and like they have, they don't have as many. So when they get behind a team, they get behind a team wholeheartedly, and it's it's a great atmosphere when you see those kind of things in the CFL. I can't wait to see it in the Canadian Premier League, and as well too, because keep in mind they have the uh, CEBL and they have the Rattlers yep. in Saskatoon. Exactly. So Saskatoon, if I'm not mistaken really only has the Rattlers. I couldn't tell you their hockey team out there. I'm sure <laughs> it exists. Saskatoon, Saskatoon Blades. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but my, my, my biggest thing is like the Regina has the CFL, uh, the Rattlers, Saskatoon has the CEBL. And then if Saskatoon gets the soccer team, it's like, okay, so now it's two to one. What team is going to go over to Regina? Is Regina then going to build a soccer team almost out of like spite, like Ottawa, Toronto kind of deal? So the plan, I think the plan was always to try to put two teams in Saskatchewan, just like they had two teams in Alberta. Uh, but when, yep. with with the start of the league, it was it was obvious that Edmonton and Calgary needed to be included. So they focused a lot of their attention on trying to get teams there. And it worked, obviously. Uh, unfortunately, one of them is, is no longer there. But I think the goal would be when they get up to the 20-team benchmark is what they want to get to, which would be incredible there would be two teams in the, in the Saskatchewan uh, province. Oh, I'd be so excited. Sign up to SoRare, the ultimate fantasy sports NFT platform. 
collect and trade officially licensed digital player cards. Create teams with cards from your collection and earn points based on your players' real-life performances to compete in a variety of fantasy sports competitions. Silverware is a game that you can play this season and the next and the next and the next. It's almost like a, a dynasty spin-on fantasy. It's available in formats such as NBA, MLB, and also football, the world game. So what are you waiting for? Get involved. Get in the game. Get some cards and have some fun. Oh, did I tell you it's free, by the way? You just sign up, create an account, and then you can start playing. And if you want to go a little bit harder and purchase some limited, rare, or unique cards, you can do that too. But at a base level, this is really just a free, fun way to play with your mates and show who's really in the know when it comes to sports. Because process podcasters, we know our thing. But so rare is a chance to go up against us. And so he really is the smartest in the room. So hit the link in the show notes, and we'll see you on So Rare. Own your game. Now, Nick, do you want to stick with soccer, or do you want to move to a different sport? Hey, dealer's choice, guys. Whatever you guys are ready for. All right, cool. Um, feel like talking a little bit of uh, little hockey right now? Let's do it. All right, cool. The Leafs. Oh, the Maple Buds. Ah, we love them so much. So I have them bet using uh, Betway. I don't use FanDuel. I use Betway, and I have them getting a first-round exit. What say yeah, you, Losing Nick? in the first round, huh? Yeah, I mean, I understand where you're coming from with that one. It, it's History is not really on the Leafs' side, but at the same time, Tampa is not the same team we've seen over the last three years. And it, it's shown this year. As good as Vasilevsky can be, and he can win you a couple games, is he going to win you four games in a series? I'm not sure about that. And if we're going through the rosters, Toronto's the better roster. Outside of goaltending, Toronto pretty much has them beat in every single category as a team. So I like the way that Toronto is. I don't know if they're going to get through, but I'm looking at it as this is the best opportunity. So I'm probably leaning towards them uh, getting to the second round. You give me too much hope, and I don't know if I like that. <laughs> oh, trust me. I'm a diehard fan, too. It's it's hard to give myself hope. I'm trying to be as fair as I can, but looking at the roster, it looks good. First of all, Saskatoon Blades is a great team. Okay, so let's, yes. just, let's, let's, not, let's not discount the Saskatoon Blades. Shout out to Ben Saunderson. I, I met his grandmother, actually, on a flight to Houston, so... Shout out to Ben Saunderson. Now, I, I want to get back to the soccer just a bit. And I want to know where your passion for soccer came from. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Uh, my whole family, no one was really into soccer um, across both my, my mother and my father's side. So when I started playing at four years old, which a lot of player, people do, we, we get put in soccer at four years old just to burn off energy, right? I, I fell in love with it and... I had a choice to make when I was six years old, whether I wanted to continue just playing soccer, if I wanted to play soccer and uh, t-ball again. And I I made the decision to focus on soccer and it turned into something that I was in talks with some schools to have scholarships down to the States in high school. I played against the top players in Ontario for about six years, uh, including two guys who are currently on the national team. So, like, I just fell in love with the game. And because I didn't come from a background of soccer, uh, soccer family, I actually got to kind of find my own way through the soccer community and fall in love with teams that I want, I chose for no apparent reason other than I just enjoyed watching them play. So, my two favorite teams, this is going to sound sacrilegious, are Man United <laughs> and Liverpool, which is oh. just not okay. 
Uh, <laughs> but I didn't have anyone to tell me that they were rivals when I was four years old watching them <laughs> Saturday morning. So uh, I grew up with that, and it's it's kind of my my go to is that I got to choose who I wanted to cheer for. I got to choose what I liked liked in soccer, and now getting to watch it like I do, and getting a chance to see the CPL, which back when I was playing was a pipe dream that there would be a league in Canada that pe- young players could get an opportunity to play in. All of it for me is is kind of surreal, and now the fact that I get to talk about it on uh, TSN Airways is uh, is even more incredible, in my opinion. So my passion comes from when I was really young, and it, I, it just keeps growing every day. No, that's awesome. We're we're actually Arsenal fans here, so we we're ah, good season for you. <laughs> Great season for us. Great season for us. But I understand you like in Man U and Liverpool because they got the majority of the TV time here in Canada, so it it, it makes sense. Yeah, and it was just fun to watch because, like, I was I was watching them in like the late nineties, early two thousands when like it was United's golden era with just some incredible players like Beckham and Giggsy and Skulls and Hargraves mm. and Ferdinand and Vidic. Like, it was so much fun. And then you flip it over, and then the next game they had Liverpool on, and you get like Stevie G and uh, Skirtle and, and just all these incredible players. So I, I really did enjoy watching both of them play. And then when they played against each other, they were the two best teams in the early 2000s. And every every match they played was just uh, fireworks. They were going in for crunching tackles. It was just so much fun to watch. So what led you to choosing sports commentary, sports media as a, a vocation? <laughs> so it's actually kind of funny. Um, when I was coming out of high school, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. And I'd been through physio since the time I was 11. I, I messed up my knee in soccer and had to kind of keep going back for seven years at that point. And I thought, okay, maybe I can go into kinesiology and help young athletes return to sports. So when I made my decision, I actually chose kinesiology as my undergrad. But while I was at Western, I was looking for a job just to make some extra money. And I walked into well, a friend of mine now, but at the time, the guy who ended up being my boss, Daniel Durack at Western, and he's like, hey, I, I was looking for a PA job, ironically, uh, just to be the in- in-house announcer for Western Hockey, because it was a post I saw. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, listen, that post, that was from seven years ago. It's already been filled. But if you want an opportunity, uh, you can work with our broadcast team. And I said, okay, yeah, I, w- I would love an opportunity. And my first year, I got and I got an opportunity to be the replay person, and ever since then, I, I moved my way up and got an opportunity to do everything within the live event broadcasting stream, and eventually ended up being the play-by-play for Western football and hockey in my last year. And I just haven't turned back, so everything since then has been trying to push and, and break my way into the industry. I actually started my own podcasting network uh, a while back called Garage Door Sports, which has since kind of gone under just because everyone got their their own jobs and stuff uh, outside of the industry other than me. And now I'm at TSN and I didn't have as much time. So I'm so grateful for those guys to help me get my start with Garage Door Sports and Dan at Western. Uh, I couldn't, couldn't thank them anymore. And here I am, and thank God for uh, Mike DiStefano, also known as Al's brother at TSN, because he's the one who got me into the into the TSN gig. Uh, we we met at Western, and now we're we're still hanging out nine years later. So can't complain about that. So you've worked at every aspect of the production of a a show, from behind the scenes to the personality. What do you what do you like most? It's funny. I get asked this question a lot. I don't know if I have an answer. Because I genuinely do love both sides of the equation. I spent 
three years at Western being a producer and a tech and a switcher and doing replays. I actually, I actually automated all of the graphics there uh, because I was really interested in graphics for about two months as well. Mm-hmm. And I love doing the on-air stuff. I really enjoy telling the stories of, of the players and, and getting to know what, how they got to where they are, what their stories are and, and what makes them the players that they are. Uh, so for me, being able to be on both sides and, as a producer of the live events, working with the talent to tell those stories is something that I genuinely love. So if I'm lucky, as long as I'm in live events, I will consider myself a very lucky person. Okay. So no real answer. Fine. No, no real answer. Yeah. <laughs> long winded way of saying no real answer. <laughs> okay. We love those very uh, diplomatic answers, if you will. I learned from Matty Cause very well. Oh, hundred percent. He's, he's a great mentor. I imagine. Um, <laughs> didn't Aaron Krolik also go to Western? Did yes, and he also uh, taught me at Centennial, ironically. So I feel like, which is my alma mater. So I feel like if you go to Western, you just work at TSN. Uh, but it's funny; it's like really the, just the three of us—me, uh, AK, and Mikey. I think are the only three in the radio side that all went to Western. So that's hilarious. I'm just imagining somebody working like the culinary arts, and they happen to work for TSN in the in the <laughs> kitchen area, and they're like, "Ah, I went to Western." Potentially, I mean, again, we're I'm very uh, the radio side is pretty much our own entity, so we don't necessarily get to intermingle a lot with the other sides. But uh, for sure, the three of us have, uh, have made a good path from Western to uh, TSM. You have indeed. All I know is that Carlo Coliacvo tends to frequent the, or used to anyways, frequent the uh, lunch, and him and Matt would talk <laughs> about that when they'd have a show together. So I just assumed yep. everybody was at the lunch table. Everybody. Uh, before I let you go, there's just a few. I have one more serious question and a few silly questions after. Love it. My serious question is, where in 10 years do you want to see footy first? Do you want to be essentially like Dan Patrick? Do you want to be on TV with this? Like, what do you want with uh, footy first? So I think me and Nico had talked about it from the beginning. The, uh, the goal would be to be on TV. So kind of like Golf Talk Canada is a great example where it's still uh, it's still a one hour show once or twice a week, but it's on radio and TV. Um, so something like that would kind of be ideal for footy first. Uh, and I'm hoping to turn footy first into maybe something even bigger, like uh, a chance to be on the live games for the MLS action that TSN still covers or even the NHL games or something like that. Some way to be involved in live events for me is, is kind of my goal. But as far as footy first, for sure, we would love to get on TV and, and turn this into something that, uh, reaches more people because as, as much as TSN 1050, the, the Toronto station has helped, we're very, very limited to the GTA or people who listen to us on, online. So hopefully we can get to a bigger audience, which would be being on TV. Excellent. That's what I kind of hoped you were going to go for. That's kind of our goal too, is to eventually like work our way up into a radio gig and then work our way up into a, a TV spot eventually. So Yeah. And it's a, it's a great goal because there's so much that you can do between now and then to, to, to make it happen. So there's lots of steps to break through and hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys can do the same. Likewise. See you on the panel one day. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Now, where can our fans find you on social media? Yep. So you can find me at Nick McVicker, M-C-V-I-C-A-R on both Twitter and Instagram. And then you can find the free first show at Footy first show on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, which we're still starting to get venture into a little bit. So be warned, we don't have a whole lot of content out there yet, but we're working on it. We're making strides um, slowly but surely. That's totally okay. And a little silly kind of question before you go. What's your favorite type of poutine? Ooh, that's a great question. 
there is a pulled pork poutine that I used to get. I haven't had it in a while, but pulled pork poutine is probably my number one. That is a solid choice, and everybody would appreciate that, except for those who don't, and we don't care about them. (laughs) No, we do care about them. Everyone's allowed to have their opinion. Come on. I mean, sure, sure. Everyone can be wrong, too, and that's what they are, (laughs) just wrong. (laughs) <laughs> I tease you vegetarians out there. All right. Uh, that about wraps it up, man. Anything else you want to throw our way? Or... No. I uh, appreciate everyone who, who follows the show, and I really appreciate uh, jumping on with you guys. Uh, thank you. I just gave you a follow on social media. All right. Cheers. Be well. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience, where no sport is left behind.